Hello, everyone, and welcome to Diversify Her Podcast. I'm your host, Raven Hayward, and today on the show, I have Ms. Robin Smoot. Robin Smoot is a certified business coach, consultant, and CEO of Robin Smoot and Company, LLC. With the lifelong entrepreneurial spirit and heart for small business community, Robin teaches strategies that allow CEOs to refocus on their passion and work and their genius while enjoying a company that runs smoothly and efficiently. Robin has a 25-year career in small business, ministries, nonprofit, and Fortune 500 companies. In the corporate arena, Robin served as a chief operating officer and vice president of operations for multi-million dollar firms, helping them implement corporate strategy improve profit margins, and successfully navigate through the COVID-19 pandemic. After founding and leading her own consultancy for 10 years, Robin was called to encourage and empower entrepreneurs on a more personal level. Today, through business coaching and courses, Robin brings the practices to clients across the U.S. Most recently, Robin developed her signature operational excellence, framework to help entrepreneurs start, grow, and manage their businesses on a solid foundation to ensure their long-term success. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing today? Hey, Raven. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. Yes. So reading your bio, um, I see that you've had a 25-year career in small businesses, ministries, nonprofits. Could you tell me um, about your journey and, you know, what made you want to go into that field? Absolutely. So, yeah, um, as a business alignment coach, as you just mentioned in my bio, I really enjoy working with entrepreneurs, just helping them to move beyond their passion and handle some of the business side of things that often gets them bogged down. So how to align their operations to achieve their objectives. Um, How I got there, you know, it was the result and culmination of at first I had my own administrative firm for about 10 years. I ran that doing various administrative and back office and bookkeeping and marketing tasks for other companies um, until I realized, you know, that I had more to offer. And so I did venture back into corporate America for a while. Um, I had some cool executive leadership positions there that got me exposed to many more things on a bigger scale and a bigger level. Um, It really challenged me and pushed me to grow and helped me to get more experience in operations. And um, as you just mentioned from my bio, you know, that really leading companies through the pandemic exposed me to so many different decisions that need to be made and factors to consider. Um, And so now with, you know, all of those years, both in entrepreneurship and corporate leadership, I really just want to bring back the the best of what I learned and all the lessons and the good stuff and the challenging stuff and bring that to bear to help other small business owners really just thrive where they are right now. That kind of leads me to where I am in business coaching. Right. So you mentioned COVID-19. So since COVID-19, what effects or changes have you seen? Um, I'm sure there have been some in terms of small business owners, like how has COVID-19 impacted them? Oh, in so many ways. Uh, A lot of it, not so good, but a lot of it was good because it forced business owners to rethink their businesses. And you you might've heard the word pivot a lot. They've had to pivot in how they interact with their customers, how they deliver their products and services. 
So what I've seen, um, unfortunately, on one hand is for those business owners who maybe they didn't have their back office operations in place. They didn't have bookkeeping and reporting in place. So they didn't necessarily have the documentation needed to apply for the PPP loans, which could have helped them survive and you know get those financial resources in place to make it through um, and hire people and to sustain themselves. But on the other hand, you know, for again, like I was saying, for those companies who who were prepared or learned how to shift very quickly despite the pandemic, you know, maybe they had a brick and mortar and they learned how to take their products and services online, or maybe they um, were employed and they did not have a job because of downsizing. And that forced them to figure out, Hey, what can I offer? And to launch their businesses, even in the pandemic. So I've seen both sides, some good, some bad, but ultimately all a learning experience. Right. All of experience. So with you being an entrepreneurship coach, what do you feel is the most important aspects that people who are wanting to start their own business or have already started their own business should pay attention to? That's a great question. Um, one thing I will say, because this is kind of my space, is entrepreneurship is great. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's fun. It's rewarding but it's also challenging and not something that you should necessarily embark on on your own. Um, I think a lot of people, we we have something that we're really good at and we just want to go and launch a business and make some money doing it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Passion is what drives small business in America. But you have to supplement that passion with, you know, some the skills that you may not have or may not be your strongest suit. So if you are, let's just say a, a designer, maybe you make fashion for others, but you don't necessarily like or have experience in accounting, well, maybe partner up with someone who does bookkeeping or accounting so they can help you keep your books in order. Same thing with marketing and administration processes and systems. You know, as an entrepreneur, know that you are the the brand of your company. You're going to be the one who drives it forward, but surround yourself with people who can support the back office too. Right. So, Really, it does take like a team effort in order to make it work. Absolutely. So for my listeners that are listening that may want to embark on their own journeys to starting their own businesses, where should they start? I know it starts with passion. It starts with an idea. But from that idea, um, where should they go? What resources should they try to get in contact with? Yeah, so you'll find that there are a lot of organizations locally, no matter where your listeners are, that are pro-small business. And it might be called a small business development center. That's a common word that's used to describe these nonprofits. But they are there for entrepreneurs. They offer free workshops and classes and training to really help you sharpen your skills and learn more, to network and connect with others. So I would say to look into those wherever you are, um, look for a small business development center and other nonprofits whose focus is on small business. There's so many free resources out there. And if nothing else, you can go to the SBA.com or SBA.gov, excuse me. And there's, again, a wealth of resources to help you get started. I would just say that's a great place because you can learn how to write your business plan. You can learn how to register your business with the state. You can learn how to get your domain name and things like that. And then, of course, you can also call me, too, because that's what I do. (laughs) Yes, of course. So with you having, you know, 25 years of experience and now with our generation um, 
being so involved in social media and the internet, have you seen any shifts in the way businesses may operate due to social media? Or how have you seen social media play a factor in small businesses? Social media is huge. And, you know, I've been in this a while. I'm just a little bit older than you are, Raven, but I've been in this long (laughs) enough to know how business was before social media and now. And I got to tell you, it is drastically different. So, but that's, you know, it's a good thing because today you can put yourself out there without a huge budget from the entrepreneur side. You can just pretty much launch a product online and hope it goes viral or at least viral enough for enough people to, to buy. And there you go. You have a reputation already. So it really puts a lot of power in your hands to make your brand known, to make your product known without spending a lot of money to do it. Right. So when it comes to um, small businesses, is there maybe a certain social media etiquette that maybe the um, owner should be mindful of? Or is there certain things that maybe are good to post as a small business owner, maybe aren't good to post as a small business owner? Yeah, I think so. I think some of the things I've picked up on over the years has been, if you're going to be on social media, it can be all about you all the time. So if you are selling a product or service, make sure, you know, obviously you have to put that out there. You want to promote your products and services, but also share something else. Maybe inform your customers about something they need to be aware of pertaining to your industry. Educate, um, enlighten, encourage, share tips and resources, Um, And then sprinkle in some things about yourself and your products and services. That way, people are getting to know you. They're getting to connect with your brand. They're getting to see that, hey, maybe they offer something that I could use down the road um, so that when you do offer your products and services, they are a little bit more inclined to to engage with you. Right. So now I want to redirect our conversation to just focus more on you. So when beginning your career, what's one thing that you wish you had known? Oh, wow. Um, One thing that I wish I had known early on all those years ago was basically how to claim and demand my seat at the table. Mm -hmm. Um, Back then, and, and it doesn't matter when it was, it's still the same way today, but I didn't see a lot of Black people in corporate leadership in corporate America. To this day, I've never had a Black boss or manager or anyone above me who looks like me. And so for me in my life, I think I wish I would have known when I was in those spaces where there wasn't someone who looks like me, how to demand and command my presence more and to show them my skill set more and claim my seat at corporate America leadership table um, Mm -hmm. well before I did. That's one thing I really and had those, you know, black executive leaders been in place for me to see and to emulate and to aspire to and to show me how to do that, I could have changed the whole trajectory of my career. But, you know, lessons learned. And now I can I can possibly be that resource for someone else. Exactly. So for young Black people like myself that are wanting to venture into corporate America, you mentioned um, just essentially just having more confidence and being able to really stand and be affirmed of who you are. Mm -hmm. So do you have like any tips or recommendations for how exactly we would be able to do that in those certain settings? Yes, um, sure. So number one, be, be committed to your craft. 
So whatever your area of expertise is, do whatever you can and take advantage of all the opportunities, whether it's attending a conference or a workshop or getting a certification to really sharpen your skills. That's number one. Be confident in your skills. And once you have those, um, look for people. If there's not someone in your organization immediately, then get a mentor outside of your organization who can journey with you, who can give you advice and really help you to grow professionally. All the opportunities may not be given to you. You might have to seek them out. There are people who will invest in you and help you to claim your space. Right. So you mentioned mentorship. So with mentorship, how big of a factor do you believe that that actually um, plays? And how would you go about getting a mentorship? Wow. Well, I don't know specific resources right now where to get a mentor. However, mentors can be informal people. They could be people that you know. Um, Maybe there's someone who does what you want to do and you have a relationship with them or you think you can get a relationship with them. It's really just about meeting with that person on a regular basis, Um, being open to the advice that they give you. Might not always be what you want to hear, but it could be what you need to hear. Um, And I think that makes a huge impact on on your career path because you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what lies ahead. Um, There's people who've been there, done that, who can help you to avoid some pitfalls or who can help you to press through a a marketing pitch or an interview or something like that to give you some pointers just to keep moving you forward. You mentioned um, possibly some pitfalls. So in your career, have you ever had a pitfall yourself or has there ever been a huge learning moment or takeaway? Yes, there has actually. Um, I mentioned early on, my first business, I had an administrative consultancy and that was, I was a solo owner. It was just me. Um, and I had a really good reputation. This was before I moved to North Carolina. This was in Ohio. Um, my company name was Enterprise, and it was great. And I was growing. Um, I had clients who just, were, you know, they were cl- coming out of the woodwork based on word of mouth. And so it was really good business. But what I didn't know then and what I wish I would have known and the lesson learned is about scaling. So if you don't know, scaling means to take your business bigger than yourself. And what I could have done at that time when revenue allowed me to was to actually hire an employee or several Mm -hmm. employees who could have taken all that demand I was getting and then turn that into more revenue while I was able to step away from the actual work and grow the company bigger. So I learned that now, then I didn't know it, but that's one of those things that, you know, scaling is important. You have to be ready for it, of course, but when you are ready, don't be afraid to take that risk of hiring your first employee, because then you can grow even bigger than you could by yourself. Oh, wow. Okay. I learned a new term today, scaling. So what inspires you? What made you motivated to want to start your own businesses? Wow. That's really a good question because honestly, Raven, I um, never had someone in my family or that I knew growing up who was a business owner. So I just, I'm not really sure, except for the fact that I am really passionate about seeing other people start businesses. And I've always had a heart to serve. And I know that comes from the Lord who's placed this, the abilities and the willingness to help other people to do what they do best. So whatever I had to offer, if I can propel them forward in some small way, that has 
has been what inspires me. It could be a regular person like me and you who <laughs> they have a dream, they have a vision, something they want to do, and they might not know how to get there or they need some help getting there. And if there's a little thing that I can do from the business administrative side, the operations standpoint to say, okay, you've got your passion. Now let me join your passion with some practical skills, some of the, the operations pieces, some structure and some strategy to help you to move forward, then you know that is enough for me to, to keep inspired and keep pushing and keep connecting with other small business owners, finding those people who just have a dream and they just want someone to journey with them to make it happen. Right. So being able to see other people's like dreams in fruition and, you know, just let it show through your work. So yeah. a lot of the times, uh, especially with being a small business owner, sometimes your work can consume you and mm. sometimes you can get lost in it. So in what ways do you practice self-care? Wow, that is so true. Uh, it's easy to get overwhelmed, especially when you're on your own to get lost in those to do lists. But for me personally, um, I'm an outdoors person, so I love just being out in nature, whether that's sitting in my backyard um, on the patio, just relaxing and listening to the birds, or I go sit in the park and read and just relax for a while. And my favorite, of course, is heading down to the beach and just loafing out in the sun. Um, Being in nature just revitalizes me and it's really a regular part of my self-care. Right. So with um, of course, being a coach, is that something that you advocate for with your clients, just making sure that they're taking care of themselves? Absolutely. You have to. Again, it's so easy to just get inundated in everything that you have to do. And you feel so much pressure because it's all on you, your success or your failure. You feel like it's all on your shoulders and you have to take a step back and realize, you know what? I don't have to be super all the time. I'm, I'm just a person. I need to take care of myself too, so I can take care of my clients. So yes, I tell them all the time and I, I invoke that in, in my, my speaking and my coaching sessions with them is to take some time out. Whatever self-care looks like for you, it's not the same for everybody. And that is okay. And that's the fun of it whether you like to go get pedicures or you just go play golf or you maybe you're an athlete and do things like that, whatever it is, you absolutely have to revive yourself and revitalize yourself. So with revitalizing yourself and just the importance of it, I also wanted to ask you um, how exactly you went about developing your operational excellence framework. That is a great question, Raven. How did I come about developing that? Well, um, over the years, you know, in different environments, different types of businesses, I've seen a lot of what works, a lot of what makes businesses function smoothly. But most often, I've seen a lot of what didn't work. I've had to fix a lot of things along the way and make things more efficient along the way. Um, And I've seen leaders struggle behind the scenes. It's the stuff that other people on the outside don't get to see It's internally, okay, what are the decisions that need to be made to help us to work better and to run better and to deliver our services to our own customers? So over the years, I've just um, accumulated knowledge and experience from observing others mostly of what are the key factors and the key pillars. And in my framework, I have seven of them that really need to be in place to help a business run smoothly. And so that's pretty much how it came about. Could you tell us what those seven pillars are? I could, but you'd have to be a client. That oh, is okay. Confidential information, but 
I would love to coach anyone who's interested. Yes. So speaking of, um, you know, being able to, in order to hear those seven pillars, where can our listeners connect with you online so that they can learn what those seven pillars are? Sure. Uh, Anyone can reach me through my website, robinsmoot.com. Um, there's a contact form there. You can book a 30 minute session with me and get, we can chat and get to discuss your business a little bit more, or you can connect with me on Instagram at Robin Smoot. So as we come to the end of this episode, a signature question that I have is what's one piece of advice you would give Gen Z listeners to go out and diversify themselves? I would say above all, just know yourself and just trust yourself. If you have something that you want to do, don't let anything stop you from doing it. Just go out there and don't be afraid to take risk. Um, Take a calculated risk, but you have to take risk in order to grow and to figure out if something's going to work or not. And nine times out of 10, you will be just fine. Just trust yourself. Just trusting ourselves. So thank you so much. Um, I hope you all took some of the golden nuggets that Ms. Smoot has given us. Again, thank you so much for being on my show today. Everyone, make sure that you go um, look on Ms. Smoot's website. Also, go follow her Instagram. I'll have that listed in the description below. And I'll catch you next time on the first time.